Hello everyone and welcome back to the Amtia Fans Basketball Podcast. I'm your host Asfar and I'm joined as usual by Kumareshan. Hello. And we have a new face here today. Gautam say hi to everyone. Hello everyone. Hi. So Gautam <laughs> is a diehard So Gautam is a diehard Cavs fan and uh, so he's here and uh, so let's just start talking basketball. So yep, exciting week last week. So Pumo <laughs> you know what you're going to talk about right i don't actually i just watched a match fell asleep woke up again i'm hungry but i'm going to soldier on okay but so, yeah i mean yeah, we, we have, have to talk, talk about the clippers targets there's no way we're going past that yeah so that is the talk of the league the clippers the so called you know championship favorite i mean all of us i think 95% of the basketball community had them winning this year and then there was a complete meltdown they lost a 3-1 lead so uh, gotham yeah gotham what are your views about it what do you think i mean seeing the nuggets like coming back from a 3-1 lead, uh, deficit for the second time this series it's like a joke i mean no other team has definitely done this and yeah. and jokic and mare are absolutely dominant for the nuggets and coach mike malone has done a great job the team so kya kumo what do you think about it this definitely has to go down as the biggest choke job in the nba like even when um the warriors had a 3-1 thing against okc or like warriors cavs like at least both the teams were like relevant throughout the series but over here is like you could see in game 6 like clippers had clear day in the headlights but still nevertheless we were all blind and we all thought like you know yeah clips are going to win game 7 kawhi is going to turn up and all that but no it was complete blowout like, i think clippers had like what a double digit lead in the second half i mean second yeah, they, quarter they had yeah. a double digit lead in all three games <laughs> yeah so, and out of out of nowhere like this now this is thrown around and you get a seven point lead and then i don't know man like clippers are like the biggest disappointment and this like everyone was praising um what's the name jerry rice for the insane trades he made they literally gave up like 100 picks for paul george and uh, paul george next season might be his last season cuz dorio is a player option you could definitely just be like yeah i'm not feeling this and just opt out of it and then same thing with kawhi as well both these guys could just be out of there and they've literally sold the future for the, for this whole decade yeah. um clippers are in a really bad situation like i think next season is their like win now situation like like for them like if they don't win it then i could easily see both of them going out and this season was probably the best chance for them to win cuz next season going to have the warriors back and golden's how the nets team is going to turn out to be yeah but yeah i think the clippers yeah. are now a shambles like a complete shambles like you can see like it's like outside of kawhi there's no one in the whole team who has any like you know like intent or who's like you know this hard ass guy who can like go at people like Marcus Morris seems like more of a fake hard guy like you know who's just going to get into your face but mentally he's weak you could see that he just crumbled when Paul Millsap got into his yeah. face and you know what to do after that Paul George like people got to have stopped respecting him for what he is he's got all the talent and qualities to become the best player in the league but he doesn't have the mentality to be the best player in the league this is like yeah. what fourth season yeah. back back you've seen this happen to him Yeah. Yes. Like no one yep. should call him playoff P anymore like. 
PG thirteen three or P whatever. He's not deserved of a max contract player as well. Like I'd rather have Jalen Brown or Mark Smart over him, to be honest. Because I know at least Jalen Brown, Mark Smart are gonna give it their all, even if they're not shooting well. They're gonna give it their all in defense well. But Paul George, you could see like um Jamal Murray and even um Tory Craig were just like running past him like he was non existent on the on the court. Yeah. It's sad and I also have to like put some blame on Doc Rivers because you could clearly see like Nuggets were killing Lou Williams on defense and Clippers barely used Lou Williams on the offense as well. So he wasn't really needed on the court. And Doc was just like, yeah, these are guys, these guys are my best players. I'm just going to throw them out. Let's see what happens. No, it doesn't work that way. You guys have to like play and, you know, scheme for the other team. And they didn't scheme for Jokic one, but Jokic is random, right? Yeah. I could go on, but yeah, also. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, tell me what. Yeah, so. yeah. Speaking, speaking of the series of Clippers and Nuggets, I think Kawhi and PG were like both poor from shooting. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, I would, but I would kind of give Kawhi a pass for this one because this is literally the first time it's ever happened to Kawhi. Like, that's yeah. um, so like what? Like last year he wheeled, he like single-handedly like wheeled it. Raptors team, or not single-handedly, like um, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Lee to insane as well, but he wheeled them to the championship, and every season before when he has been in the playoff, he's literally been the best player in every single game, even for the Spurs. So, I, this is the first time that's ever happened to Kawhi, like, and this has been, like, what, eighth, seventh or eighth year, ninth year in the league? Like, LeBron had this thing, like, ever since he came into the league, like, in 2005, his second year, and 2008, when he played the Celtics, like, like it's been having ever since like the beginning. But it took a long time for Kawhi. So he is still a world class and an all time talent and one of the best players of all time. I don't think this match takes much away from him. Yeah, he did shoot extremely poorly, but I feel like he just looked around him and he saw like, yeah, these guys aren't gonna help me get anywhere. There's no point good putting any effort to this. I mean, even his shoulders drop. But PG deserves to get killed though. Yeah, I mean, this was a complete meltdown as a unit. I mean, um, the Clippers had always been an on-and-off team. Like, even in the regular season, there were times when they looked amazing. And then there were times when everyone had questions. But And the fact is, this, this team didn't play a lot with each other, right? Because with Kawhi's load management and PG having a shoulder injury. So, yeah. there was... I mean, people just don't take into account how much team chemistry and team bonding actually matters in a championship team because it's not just you just put three, four players together and you're going to have an amazing playoff. No, that doesn't work that way. I mean, there are hundreds of examples if you just look back into the history of the NBA. The one which is right, coming to my mind directly is when uh, Dwight Howard was traded to the Lakers and him and Kobe were having, like him and Kobe were actually, you know, everyone was just, going crazy because Dwight Howard had come off. I think he was one of... He was, I think, at that point, an MVP candidate. He was dominant when he was in Magic. He exactly. was very dominant. Yeah, so when he was just traded from the Magic here, everyone was just like, dude, the Lakers are going to win again, repeat. And I don't know, everyone was just going crazy. But then it didn't work out because the chemistry wasn't there. And that was clearly visible. And Lou Williams also went on uh, you know, during his interview and he said there as well that, the chemistry between the team wasn't there and that was clearly evident. And uh, I mean, I understand why you guys are just blaming it all on the Clippers, but can we just pause for a second and say how well the Nuggets played? Because everyone has just made it into that narrative that the Clippers choked. Yes, they did. But then 
the nuggets on the other hand played extremely amazing basketball like for a team to have the perseverance and the you know grit to come back from a 3-1 deficit twice i mean because everyone had discounted them no one even thought of the nuggets as a you know legit contender everyone had them as a dark horse so for them to actually believe in themselves and fight through what was supposedly one of the best you know perimeter defensive team in recent memory and they actually just blew past them when it came to third quarter and fourth quarter so it was amazing to see that this young nugget team they were actually because they're not that old it's just a young up and coming team and they've actually showed that it, they can play when it matters the most because as you mentioned pg is an amazing regular season player i mean he was last year last year right yeah last year he was i think third in mvp yeah. voting yeah he was third in mvp yeah. voting with the okc thunder so it's not like he's not a good player he is an amazing player and, and if you most recall, of his, i believe most of his statistics were career highs yeah <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yeah so and the fact is when he came into the bubble the first eight games he was shooting lights out i mean the way he was playing everyone was sold that the clippers are just going to cruise past the playoffs and then i don't know it just vanished somehow and i don't know what to say man because i i honestly believed in pg before the you know playoffs actually started during the eight games the seeding games but then he just vanished and then i mean it's sad how much kuai can i mean it, he couldn't actually build the entire team and he actually didn't have a lot of support and you could see there were a, there were a lot of holes with the clippers team so all those are exposed yeah. i mean it happens like even lebron uh, lebron when he first joined the heat right the first year even they were a disappointing loss so it happens sometimes with super teams and when you have a lot of players coming together and trying to win a championship the first season is always a struggle so i feel yes it is a huge choke job now but i feel next year they should not you know keep this in their head and pull themselves back they should actually go about it the same way they did just put in a mo- put in more effort and try to win because the potential is there they have like two all nba players and they have a decent supporting cast so let's see what they do next year because <laughs> this year they're done i mean the expectation was to have a all la western conference final but oh so why let us down <laughs> yeah okay. but i mean yeah. like i think clippers have a fundamental problem like um their their only big guy in the whole team is zubac and he's not good enough to deal with the likes of ad or jokic or any of those like really talented big men yeah. so next year like if they do come up against someone like that they're going to still have a problem because who's on the market which big man is on the market for them to get now and what type of trade assets did you have to even go and acquire them yeah so true. yeah, yeah they're going to be the same yeah. they're going to struggle yeah. yeah there are a lot of questions and a lot of holes which have to be filled but again uh, if jerry west is there i mean he was the person who put the warriors dynasty together so if he's there there are chances that he could pull this off as well so let's see and yeah there is one more narrative that i that i just like to point out i mean during the last season when kawhi um, actually won finals mvp and you know lebron and uh, durant both won that So everyone just hopped on that bandwagon that Kawhi is the best player who ever lived and you know he's the greatest uh, postseason player and all that i understand all that but i mean if you just 
want to compare Kawhi with LeBron. Every team which LeBron has left has always gone down to the lottery, right? I mean, you're a Cavs fan, right? You must know how heartbreaking it was when LeBron left and yeah. he had to suffer through mediocrity for the time like, till he came yeah. back. If you look at the team Kawhi left, they barely lost in the That's second fun. round of the playoffs. So yes, that goes true. to show that Kawhi had a lot of help as compared to the times LeBron did. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's comparable or something, but I'm just saying that's a really fun way to look at it. That Kawhi is great and all, but I feel LeBron is just on a different level. Right? Any thoughts? That's true. Wait, wait, wait. But LeBron had Kevin Love, he had Kyrie, he had Giannis. Kyrie. He had I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, he didn't have Cavs team was probably one of the best like since the 2000s. Yeah, all I'm just saying is, imagine LeBron whenever he left the franchise. How? I mean, yeah, that goes to so uh, that goes to say that the Cavs team is not that well managed and all that. Yeah, but yeah. just saying, it's just a fun way to look at. Also, when he left the Heat, the Heat still did have Wade and Bosch, and yeah, Bosch did have like um, psychological problems, so he had to drop out. But the Heat was still somewhat relevant for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, but Bosch yeah. had a lot of injuries that time. Like he yeah. had a lot of injuries which kept him up, apart and forced him to retire yeah. also. Because yeah. so. Bosch was supposed to be the next main player for the Heat after LeBron left, but it just didn't work out. But he was still good, nevertheless. Yeah, like, yeah, there true. were injuries that plagued him. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think so, we should uh, touch upon the Nuggets though, because they deserve it. The way um, yeah. like Jokic has been playing, the way he just finds all these outlet passes, like. Every time, like, the Clippers have no answer for Jokic apart from to, like, double him because they have no one to match his size. Because yeah. you can see him, it's literally like he just walked through the entire Clippers team in slow motion, like this one, you know. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't look very graceful. He's just like this lumbering, big, giant blob. This is goes <laughs> left, right, left, right, and then goes a basket. And the only way the Clippers can deal with that is by doubling him. And if they double him, Jokic is literally the best passing big man in the history of basketball. I mean, you have to give it up to him now. Yeah. And he just finds people open all over the court. So, yeah, like, Jokic is like a fundamental problem for a team like the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Clippers had a lot of problems. Like, Harrell and Zubac, who were the big men, they were, they were finding it difficult to defend Jokic. Yeah, definitely. The point is, uh, Jokic is... One of those, you know, unicorn type players who can literally do anything on the court. Definitely. That's definitely true. Yeah, he can, you leave him open, he's going to knock down a shot. You double him, he's definitely going to find the right person. And he can post up, he can, I mean, and the point, as you mentioned, he's not the most athletic person in the world. And I remember I just read a quote of him where he said that, uh, I'm glad that I came to know that I wasn't athletic long back so I had to build on uh, my other skills to actually make myself relevant so that is actually a really important quality to have you know because the way he slows down the game he never looks rushed I mean it's just amazing to see how well he plays and his and Murray's chemistry is amazing I mean that pick and roll which they usually run on top is devastating I mean there are so many outcomes that can lead from that and both of them usually make the right call. And uh, that's what, I mean, it's not a fluke that they won against the Clippers. Uh, yes, they choked, the Clippers did choke, but the Nuggets stayed out of their minds. So, yes, uh, the way Murray mentioned that 
so lakers must also be worried about this team because this team is not a joke so yeah game 1 is already done so what did you think about game 1 even though that was a blowout so what were your thoughts about uh i would say that yeah davis was really good in scoring and yes compared to the last series now this series dwight howard and javel maybe got more minutes and yeah. they were able to defend jokic yeah but yeah. lebron should also support davis more like he he hasn't scored much even though it's a win but they should be careful that they shouldn't blow up their lead against the nuggets and lose the series yeah so that is kind of like their mo right <laughs> right now yeah. he will in, uh, no matter how much how big of a lead it is they are still not safe against the nuggets right come Let's go. Yeah, definitely, and like they've proven that in the last two series for sure. And uh, I'm never gonna make the mistake of reading too much into a team's you know for game one of any series. I mean, it does help sometimes, but especially not against Nuggets team. But I mean, yeah. I do expect Nuggets to come back with something like even if you see like the Utah series, yeah, they did blow out Utah in the first match, but then the next three matches is just basically Nuggets like you know. um dodging punches and weighing out their opponents trying to figure out the weaknesses and studying them and then yeah. the following three matches they just used everything they had against them and it blew them up um i wouldn't be sure cuz the what i saw like in an august match is um lakers still don't have an answer for jokic and jokic was just having an off night cuz he didn't shoot a single three pointer and he was barely yeah. involved you could see he was complete jokic probably has the worst fitness among any player in the league and you could see him getting gassed like in a curtoed quarter just sitting on the bench and you know with a towel on his head and just breathing in and out like heavy so you can see he's kind of like just taking a off game of whatever this match but i mean i want to see the prop how um, lakers deal with the true jokic i mean they couldn't deal with him well even though he was like 60% of what he could really be yeah so i mean if you look at the first match with the clippers as well uh the nuggets did look really gassed because they they came out of a seven game series and again now they just had a seven game series so yeah they were gassed but i feel that this nuggets team will manage to come back and at least win two games because i still feel the lakers are going to win this for sure in six games i feel but yeah the nuggets will make it hard for them not like the first game blowout gautam what did you think any other thoughts about the nuggets Yeah, I feel like apart from Jokic and Murray, there you have this rookie Michael Porter Jr. who's who's really been dominant from the bench, yeah. and then you have other players like Gary Harris, Tory Craig, Monte Morris, who's providing good support for the team. I mean, to overall, I think very good team chemistry too. Yeah. So I think they'll do they do much better next season if they get eliminated by the Lakers this season in the West. Yeah, that's true. I mean, me and Komu in the previous podcast actually had the Nuggets to be a team of the future, but then they have really, you know, exceeded expectations, and now they are here and they're actually competing with the Lakers. So yeah, it's fun. From the West, let's come to the East. So the Heat and the Clippers is getting spicy now, right, Komu? Oh yeah, I mean, like, mm, I'd say like Celtics were kind of unlucky to lose the first match. They should have won that match, like. Really should have. They were actually the better team, but then the Heat are the Heat. They're never gonna like go away. They're never gonna get rid of them mm, that easily. They're just gonna stick around, and towards the end, they're just gonna come up with clutch plays and somehow find a way to win the match. 
The second game, oh, he was clearly the better team. They deserved the win. And they, yeah, that's what happened. And then, like, it was like almost like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, sports have figured out Brad Stevens and his, like the Heat are just a bad matchup for Celtics. And yes, they are. Because the Celtics have no one who can guard that Gordon Dragic kind of player. And Dragic has been actually the player who's been killing us the last three matches. Like, he's, he's probably the most underrated player in a team filled with underrated players. So that should tell you more about him than you need to know. Yeah. And like, he's just been lighting us up on fire. And then apart from him, you also have Hero and Duncan Robinson. But in this game, um, third match, we got back Gordon Hayward, luckily. Yeah. And you could see, like, even though he didn't do much on the offensive end, he was a huge help on the defensive end. He had, like, three steals and a block. Like, and he was able to guard, like, a multiple, uh, like a number of players. He was able to, like, guard um, Butler. He was able to guard Hero, Dunk Roms. He was also able to guard Gordon Dragic because we can't expect Kemba Walker to guard Dragic. Dragic is a little too big for him. Yeah, and true. That was, like, a huge yeah. help for us. and. Um, Hopefully, this turns the momentum towards us. Like, there is hope now that the yeah, Celtics can beat the Heat. It's just that we should stop making stupid mistakes. Celtics are the much a way better team where they're playing the fast-paced offense. They're just going for it on a fast break. But once yeah. you start slowing it down into the half-court offense and you take the entire 20 seconds or so to make their shot, that's when the Heat become the much better team. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. As long as Celtics don't slow down the pace of the game and they keep going at it, I think they still can still can win the series. Definitely. Gautam, what do you think? Oh uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a well matched up series. Yeah, he took he took the first two games, but Celtics Celtics didn't find any answers in those two games. And I heard in the game after the game two loss, there was a huge couple in the lock, Celtics locker room which, between yeah. Smart and uh, Jalen Brown. But I think Brad Stevens has figured that out, and I, I guess the, based on that, they won today's game. And yeah, they were a much better team, like Kumaration said. And Gordon Hayward was also really good off the bench, even though he didn't score and he was defensively good. But I feel like Heat, they can do well. Like if you see Heat, if you see the Miami Heat team, like Jimmy Butler doesn't score much. You have others like Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and Hero who are supporting him offensively. I mean, but yeah. look at Duncan Robinson. Like, he's an underactive player, and he's played from a very low division, and now he's like a huge, amazing three-point shooter. I mean, like, he's almost coming to a Steph Curry level of shooting. Yeah. So he could, be a, he could be a threat. Maybe Celtics can defend him. Like, Marcus Smart can be a perfect guy. will be the perfect guy to defend Duncan Robinson, in my yeah. feeling. Yeah, I mean, the Heat have such a, you know, unique blend of all these rough riders. So, like, all these players are just so underrated. They've been under the radar all this while. And just randomly during these playoffs, they've popped up. I mean, last season, I had no idea about anyone in the Heat. I didn't know the Heat was a relevant team at all last year. And this time... Due to Jimmy Butler's leadership and Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra's coaching and everything, this team has actually flourished. And all the players are playing like legit all-stars. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the Celtics, I feel, have way more talent as compared to the Heat. But uh, the thing is, uh, where we have talent, they have more depth and they have more people like... After the main four and Marcus Smart, if you count, the top five, 
the other people in our team aren't that reliable and they're not those you know legit threats but if you look at the heat they have so many people who can be threats from all around like you have kelly olenek who's just shooting fade away three pointers at the end of the call like at end of the shot clock i mean you have such people doing stuff like that so it is it is uh, these kind of things which is killing the celtics and uh, like in the first two games i feel in the first half the celtics were clearly the better team i mean they had double digit leads in both the games i guess and they were rolling on all cylinders but eric spolstra is notoriously known to be one of the best coaches to make mid game changes and when he switched to that zone defense i think in game 2 and i think even in game 1 so that's when it was completely you know the celtics offense just shut down and they weren't able to actually go and get their own shot and it was it was really sad to watch them just blow away the lead yes game 1 was really close game 2 didn't wasn't that much so but game 3 yes brad stevens made some changes and they finally figured out how to get this and the addition of gordon hayward has actually been a huge help uh so i am still positive about the celtics winning this series but uh we need to find a way to guard bam as well i mean yes goran drogic is playing amazing and he had an off night today in game 3 but bam and that guy i mean for his height i mean him being a big man he can guard he's legit one of those few people who can actually properly guard 1 through 5 and the the way he just rolls into the rim uh, his just his whole offensive arsenal is amazing and this is the one big problem which the celtics have in my opinion is guarding the big man i mean uh, thais has been really good uh, but he still isn't as good as bam is i mean he's trying his level best but if we need to find a way to guard bam if we are actually planning to win the series in my opinion what do you think i mean see um, i think with the heat it's basically a pick your poison i mean the reason why golden dragic didn't have that big of a night this time was because you had smart guarding the whole time and so yeah. the only reason smart could guard the whole time because hayward was back in that could put hayward on someone else and that free up smart for dragic I mean, yeah. I put uh, Hayward on uh, Butler, and that speed up uh, smart for Dragic. So, I mean, yeah, like we need someone to guard Bam, but then I think I don't think like I think this time is basically Celtics just chose. Yeah, okay, um, we're gonna let uh, Bam and Hero get the points they want, but we're gonna make sure everyone else struggles and has to work for whatever little they want. And that's the way you gotta face these guys. You gotta like literally pick your poison. Same thing what you do with Giannis, you know, like. When you're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, you basically you pick your poison. You either let Giannis get all his points and you completely shut out the rest of the team, or yeah. you uh, like you shut out Giannis and you let the rest of the team get his points. So yeah, I think that's what that, happened, and yeah. that might not be the same next match as well. Maybe next match you see I know Butler going off for like thirty, thirty-five, and Bam and Dragic down below. Yeah, but. And that's the only way you're gonna face the team because they have, like you said, they have like tremendous amount of depth. They played yeah. nine, ten different players this match. Well, Celtics only fielded, I think, eight. Yeah, seven. Which is like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, who did they have today? They had like, apart from the starting five, they had Hayward, Cantor, Wanamaker, and Grant Williams. And Cantor barely played like five minutes for them, yeah. and even Wanamaker and Williams played like ten minutes each. Yeah, I mean, Celtics have a huge depth problem, 
I mean, just imagine like we missed out on one big Patala hero who could have been playing big minutes for us. Yeah. But it is what it is, and that's how I think that's the only way you can guard the Heat, like because they're explosive offensively. I mean, you have this Duncan Robinson running all around, creating chaos. It's gonna be hard. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, Gautam. Any other thought? Yeah, talking about the Celtics, I think we're forgetting one important guy, Taco Fall. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's not a joke. Like I've seen him play in the summer league, and also I've seen him, I've seen him play a few games in the G League. I mean, like defensively, he's really good, Taco Fall. And I feel like he should get more minutes in the Celtics main team. Yeah, but what, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, usually. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we have uh, Robert Williams as well, who is actually better than Taco Fall because uh, right now, because he is a little bigger build and uh, he is more, uh, you know, what do you call? It? He he can run around more. Taco Fall, I feel, is a little uh, stagnant at times. But yes, the point is, he is a rookie, and uh, for a rookie to be getting a lot of minutes is really difficult. Because if you look at Bol Bol as well, Bol Bol played amazing in the bubble this time. I mean, he had like 17 or 18 in his uh, debut and stuff like that. Everyone was just going crazy that Bol Bol is just going to catapult the Nuggets to a great team. But the point is, when it comes to the playoffs, the rotations are shortened, right? Like you just have seven or eight people playing. So you can't have, uh, like usually rookies are not preferred. But, uh, I mean, you never know Brad Stevens. Like, if we need big bodies to guard Bam and stuff, he might pull that out of his hat. You never know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and also, Taco Fall, like you said, he's, he's good when you're guarding big men. But um, the Heat don't have a big man per se. Um, yeah. Bam at the boy is along the same lines as Tyson, so slightly more explosive. So, if you put Taco Fall ahead of him, He's just gonna find his way around and just move away from him. Yeah, One definitely. euro step and Taco is out of the picture completely, and that's basically <laughs> okay. you're gonna be playing with four man for the entire match. That's true. That's true. Okay. So, so the Celtics. I mean, uh, so how many things? How many games do you think the series is gonna go? I think it's going seven. Okay, I think I Celtics will win the next match. Hayward might be a little bit more back in form. Yeah. Uh, things look really promising, especially after that whole bust up in the locker room. I think that was a yeah. huge positive for the Celtics. Definitely. Yeah. Gautam? Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a really good match of the series. Uh, I would say it would go on to Game 6 or Game 7, with Celtics having a slight advantage to win the series. I mean, like look at the, look at the main trio. You have Walker, you have Tatum, you have Brown. And then defense, you have Smart. And you're, and like Kumaration said, Hayward also defensively played well today. He could also be a main factor in defense. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Celtics for seven, in seven. Yeah, but I'm biased, so that's there. But yeah, even if you look at it subjectively, the Celtics are clearly the more talented team. And uh, I mean, in the end, I think it'll just go down to who wants it more. Because the Heat with Butler and all these people really thrive under that underdog tag, right? They really want to be that people uh, who are shoved on by everyone and just scrape through and uh, win unexpectedly. So I feel they will not go down without a fight at all. And then it would have to be the Celtics trying to match that level of intensity 
because yes the talent is there but sometimes in that intensity isn't there i mean we can take the example of the clipper team like the talent was there but then the level of intensity they just seemed like they didn't want it as much as the nuggets did so that thing should not come with the celtics i feel if they can actually because you know that marcus smart is always going to be that person he's always he is the ultimate competitor he would always want to be there go out and win that is what happened that is why he exploded in the locker room because he felt that the other people needed to know how much this means and how important this is to the team so that kind of ignited a fire i guess in everyone else and i hope that fire continues and they can actually pull through this oh, overall they yeah, have a very good chemistry overall they have a very good chemistry the celtics team i feel they'll do very well in the next season and yeah. even this season if it, yeah I think the next season is going to be stretched for us because we have the whole situation now. Hayward is definitely going to go off back into his contract because I don't know if he's going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. Considering his injury history, but then you have to offer Tatum a max contract. There's no how, way you're getting how, around that. How many years does Hayward have left on his contract? Next year will be his last year. And does he have a player option after that? I think he does. No. Next he year doesn't. is his player option. Okay. Next year is his player option. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So they definitely no. I think before Tatum. Oh, so Brown is already locked up, right? Yeah, Brown's been locked up for a four-year, hundred fifteen. Smart's been locked up. Kemba has three years left after the season. Um, Tatum and Hayward are the ones that have to be seen. But then again, if you do like lock up Tatum to that big contract and say Hayward opts back in, that's basically you're gonna have four players with salaries like you know like. About twenty-five, and that yeah. just completely shuts off your depth. Like your cash strap, you're gonna have no tax like room. I mean, no room for any other any more players to get in. I mean, that's another huge problem for Celtics. But it's gonna be interesting to see what Danny Ainge does with all that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you know one thing about Danny Ainge, he's definitely gonna pick something out of his hat and make amazing things happen. That's what he's always done. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if you look at all these young teams, there's just so many things that can. It's not even just these young teams. There's just so many things in the league that are uncertain right now. Every team, like every second team, is firing their head coach. Like there's so many jobs vacant, so many people are up for trade. It's gonna be a hell of an off season. And whenever it comes, I mean, you never know because everything is just so uncertain right now. Uh, so I guess. Okay, yeah. So let me just talk about uh, the Nuggets and Lakers real quick. How many th- how many games do you think that series is going to? Uh, I would say, I think it will go up to like game five and game six with the Lakers having an advantage because I'm saying that because I like LeBron and I I want him <laughs> to do well and make it to the finals. Yeah. But I see. I, but I don't want to underestimate the Nuggets. They'll definitely do well. Let's see. Let's hope for the best. Yeah. Um, I really hope the Nuggets win. Like it'll be an insanely good Cinderella story if they do yeah. win, though. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I can see the Nuggets giving Lakers a huge problem, but LeBron's always been extremely consistent in the playoffs. He's always turned up and he's always been shooting extremely well. So I have no doubts about LeBron. And AD seems to have seem to have like found his foot as well. So yeah, I think Lakers are gonna like beat them. Maybe like six. Probably yeah. I don't know. I just don't want to write out the Nuggets too early again. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, they have earned that level of respect now. So, yeah, even I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think 
Nuggets and six. No, my bad. Sorry, Lakers and six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Nuggets. The one thing I know the Nuggets aren't gonna do is gonna just slack off. They are gonna show resiliency and they are gonna pull out at least a game or two. I feel, but the Lakers are just too good, too big, and too much of LeBron James is there. So I don't think that the Nuggets have enough to, you know, what that off. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So before we end, uh, last comments on Giannis winning the MVP. So, uh, I know Gautam, you are a huge LeBron fan. So how do you feel? Because I'm pretty sure you wanted him to win it this time. Yes, I was expecting uh, LeBron to win it, but but looking at Giannis, like he single-handedly took his uh, took the Bucks team to the first seed in the Eastern Conference. Whereas LeBron, you you see, he had support from Anthony Davis to, to make it to the first seed, and plus there were other people in the Lakers who were also really good. Like you had Avery Bradley, you had Dwight Howard, you had uh, Danny Green, you have Rondo, who is a great playmaker. But yeah. if you look at Giannis, it was. But if you look at the Bucks, it's all Giannis. I mean, like he's the he's the go-to guy for the team, yeah, even though you have other people like Middleton and Bledsoe. Yeah, Como. I know you were on uh, Team Giannis from the start. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone else but Giannis deserved it, though, to be honest. But then, um, <laughs> I mean, see, LeBron does deserve a shot because he was a very, very, very close second. It wasn't like it was miles apart. I think what LeBron had a problem when he came out in an interview and he said he was pissed. It's not that he didn't win; even he knows Giannis did deserve it. But then it was more of the gap and the gulf in the votes. Yeah. Well, I think Giannis had like 86 first-team votes and LeBron had only like 16 of them. Yeah. So, I mean, that was not indicative or reflective of how the season actually went by. LeBron did, was a second, to be honest, clearly. And I'm going to stand by that till the day I die. But <laughs> it wasn't like as far apart as it was shown. It was a pretty close race, just that Giannis just etched him out. Yeah, so that. I mean... LeBron James has an argument to win MVP every season he plays. I mean, that's how great he is. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, but uh, true. this time, Giannis' season was truly historic. One of only three players to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And I think he's the 14th player in league history to win back-to-back MVPs. So, that's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. And let's see what his future holds because... His future with the Bucks is also pretty uncertain. I mean, next year, I feel he would still be there. But after that, it's it's a do or die now for the Bucks. I feel. Because if they are not able to provide Giannis with a championship-caliber team, he is bolting for sure. So, yeah, yeah that's for sure. Interesting. That's true, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's a wrap on this edition of the Amtir Fans Basketball Podcast. So... Uh, thank you everyone for listening and uh, be sure to listen to our uh, other po- other uh, episodes on Spotify and uh, if you have any comments to give us, you can tell us on anchor.fm. So this is Asfar, Kumu and Gautam saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye guys. Take care.